Hey guys, I'm Stevie Nelson. And I'm Dave Horwitz. And this is I Burn Everything, a food and relationship podcast in the time of both social distancing and social unrest. <laughs> oh, oh my good God. I got to, uh, you know, we did, a, I, I, listeners, I'm going to just, I'm going to put it out there. We, we had a little debrief before this. Uh, this isn't totally spontaneous, but Stevie was saving that one for me. Uh, and it, it, and it, it, it hit me. I really like that. <laughs> As I was saying it, I was like, what's about to come out of my mouth. <laughs> this should be oh. interesting. Oh, I would, I really thought you had it locked and loaded. Uh, no, no, it was, um, it was spontaneous and it was, uh, I'm glad that's what ha- what came out. Honestly, like I, I had no idea what was going to happen. <laughs> I guess that's part of the magic of podcasting. Another piece of the magic is normally, uh, I guess normally is totally the wrong word, but uh, it, the past couple of months we have been recording separately a couple of blocks away from each other. Yeah. But you are currently way farther away from me. You are in Portland, are you not? I am in Portland. What if I was like, nope? <laughs> uh-uh. Nope, everything I said to you before this was a lie. Um, I'm in Portland. I took a road trip with Holiday and Rocket, my dachshunds, and uh, we took two days to drive up to Portland to come visit my sister who just moved up here um, right before the pandemic hit. And so I'm I'm here in one of her bedrooms, um, one of three, in case you're wondering uh, what it's like to live in Portland for the, the same price I pay. She has three bedrooms, uh, a garage, a yard, and uh, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's um. That's uh, what are we doing in LA, Stevie? I don't know. You know, it's interesting. LA is an interesting place because it's to me, it's where it's at. Like, I I don't really know if I see myself leaving LA. I I love LA and I feel at home in LA and I grew up just outside of LA, but in LA County. And um, I don't see myself leaving LA, but it is absolutely the most difficult place to make a living and feed yourself and house yourself. Like it is so challenging in comparison to the rest of the United States. It's just like the cost of living is incredibly high. And right now, none of this seems super relevant, but it's what we're talking about. Oh, I mean, look, we can't, well, I guess it can feel necessary to partition off your brain and say, yeah, this is the part of my brain that uh, is constantly scared of coronavirus or is trying to put all of the different social distancing parameters into play at once so I can be safe. And this is the part of my brain that cares deeply about social justice. And this is the part of my brain that is interested in my interpersonal relationships. And this is the part that uh, wonders if my rent money could best be used in another city. But honestly, they are very, I believe they are all very interconnected. And um, Mm. at the risk of of thrusting a segue onto you, I, I wanted to give a little, um, give a little plug for an article I read that was kind of amazing because I've been looking for anything that could possibly encapsulate the experience that we're all living through right now. And uh, it's, it's an article called the story has gotten away from us six Mm -hmm. months of life and death in America. 
by Betsy Morais and Alexandra Neeson, or sorry, Alexandria Neeson, and we'll put a link to this in the show notes. But okay. here is just a paragraph from the beginning of it. For the most part, journalism has decided that the coronavirus and the killing of George Floyd, a 46-year-old black man in Minneapolis, are two distinct stories. That's fiction. Floyd's murder under the knees of a white police officer and the demonstrations in response occurred as part of a cascade of events. There's a history of systemic racism in America, police brutality, and protest. There's the spread of COVID-19, the disease caused by, caused by the new coronavirus, and its economic effects. Floyd had worked as a security guard, alternately at a Salvation Army and a club called Conga Latin Bistro, which closed amid the mass shutdown of bars and restaurants. On Memorial Day, he walked into a corner store for a pack of cigarettes. He was arrested for trying to pay with a fake $20 bill. His punishment was death. An autopsy report later showed that Floyd had been infected by the coronavirus before he was killed. His last words were the same as those of so many Black Americans. I can't breathe. Mm. And that's that's the that's the preview I will leave our, our audience and you with. But it really, Ugh. it just felt, I know, I know. It's so unbelievably heavy, but it, I think it really speaks to the point that all of this stuff and everything swirling around in our, in our brains and everything in the news and everything happening to the country is connected. And, you know, you and I, full disclosure audience, we, we've been struggling over how to continue the show or how to do it. I mean, we took last week off, but it's not as if just because we took one week off, everything went back to normal. You know, yeah. we're not. Yeah, it, it would be it would be nice if if we had the the blinders, the the cultural blinders on that would make us go like, let's have a celebrity chef on. Like, oh my gosh! Well, I yeah, know, I know. Well, it would be. I think you, if that's the case, if you if you take a show that's typically about food and relationships during this time, and you don't address what is happening in America right now with police brutality, with the black community, with racism, I think you are deaf. And, and honestly, like you're not reading the room. And if you like, I also think like there's a world where people want something to be back to normal, but you know, in my understanding of this, there is, this is the new normal and the new norm, like going back to normal means going back to racism. And for me, I'm like, no, nah, let's, let's move forward. Let's go forward. And incorporate all of this into our conversations, despite how uncomfortable it might be, despite it, you know, despite us maybe being like messing up with it. Like I'm open to failing and messing up uh, with the intention of opening up the conversation here and, um, and not ignoring it. I, I, yes, I totally agree. And I'm seeing a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of very valid takes online that are essentially saying, it's okay that you're uncomfortable. You should be uncomfortable. It's if you weren't uncomfortable, there would be something else wrong. You know, yep. if the people who are the people who <laughs> protested on mass because they wanted a haircut that now don't understand why everyone else is so mad. It's, it's, it's infuriating and it's insane. And honestly, I would rather overstep my bounds and say something and get, say something wrong, you know, maybe not intentionally wrong, but I, yeah, I would, I get corrected. I, yes. And, which is not to say I'm going to go out of my way to be wrong or to be inappropriate, but I just, I think that the, yes, it would feel like we were censoring ourselves or, or being untrue uh, to how we're actually feeling. So yeah. yeah, I think, I think that we wanted to do a little 
slightly shorter episode and talk to to our our listeners because you know steve i don't know if you know this we're, we are not the number one show on itunes what? we're not you know we're not number one on apple podcasts Wait. i know that that might be crazy i know i know i've been telling you that for years that we're number one but Wait. i just wanted to come out and say oh no i know we're not the number one show that is to say we do have an audience and it would be really really I don't know. I feel like we would be doing a disservice to people who have been really loyal to our show. Yeah, me too. Also, something I want to say before we start giving. So Dave and I have both, you know, been doing a lot of reading, doing a lot of listening, doing a lot of work to adjust our own selves and to to understand better. Um, I want to say... I understand that both Dave and I are two white Jewish people. I understand <laughs> that our experience is going to be very different. Um, and this is not, this is not coming from a black experience, but what we want to share with you is the things and resources that we as white people have found helpful so that maybe we can help other people uh, access these resources without feeling burnt out and sifting through. We're going to make it easy for you guys and we're going to talk about it and everything will be linked at the bottom of the episode. Um, And I hope we're not trying, like I hope you guys know that we're not trying to school you or teach you because we are learning right with you. We are just sharing things that have been helpful. Like think of it as like an Instagram story where we're just sharing our things that we were like, this was helpful for me to understand this. Yeah. I, I, I mean, and it's honestly, it's again, you can, you could, you can feel uh, preached to or annoyed by this if you want. Every every, every experience <laughs> is is valid. I'm I I'm I just thought I should come out and say that because yeah, to that's me, so true. Because I I need resources for myself, and so just yeah. passing the, them along feels like a little small, tiny service. I mean, I I have been donating and listening and reading, and I want to do my part and. This is never, it's never going to be enough, but no. it is, but it is a start. And I also think that being able to read and educate myself on, on things that I had at best, I, you know, there's some stuff I knew, but there is a lot of information that was shaky at best to me in terms of, Same. you know, you put it, you put a gun to my head and say, you know, explain uh, the 13th amendment to me. I would probably uh, have, you know, pissed myself, um, yeah. which which is not something I want to do, especially not in front of an audience. But for me, you know, there's even as even as a, you know, card carrying liberal dem, uh, you know, quote unquote snowflake, there is some stuff that, you know, some it can be hard to talk to your family. It can be hard to talk to people of different generations. It can be hard to talk to your neighbors and friends and because you don't know exactly where they're their politics lean. I mean, to me, I'm very lucky. Everyone's saying, you know, talk to your racist friends and your racist relatives. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't have any, but Same. I do. You know, just last night, my mom was emailing me and asked my brother and I for a list of, of places to donate. She, she's part of an organization that had a couple, uh, you know, some extra money. Uh, and she asked for, you know, are there any coronavirus, you know, sort of places to donate or any, anywhere else? And I basically said, I have seen some, you know, relief fund things for people affected by coronavirus. But now that we are several months in, it feels like the real work to do and the real places to donate are dot, dot, dot. And then I just shared a bunch of, 
you know, Black Lives Matter places. I, I gave her the link that I, I gave to our audience last week when I gave a little uh, five minute message and my brother gave some too. And so I'm hoping that that, you know, starts a bigger conversation because it's just the time to sit on your hands has, has passed. Yeah. And, well, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think one of the cool things that I've learned, at least like through doing this is like, you know, I didn't know in the, until maybe two weeks ago that it wasn't okay to say like, look, I'm not racist. Right. Because I didn't, I didn't know that wasn't okay because truthfully, like how one of my friends worded it is that like all of us grew up in a racist society where there's systemic racism. So despite the fact that we think we're not racist, we all have racist ideas and we all have racist things. And part of, part of like, and that's like goes to our first, um, like my first suggestion, which is, um, a podcast to listen to, which is Brene Brown's podcast on with, um, Ibram Kendi and he's a doctor, but he says he, does a podcast with her on unlocking us called how to be anti-racist. And he's like, the first step is acknowledging that we're all racist include. And he includes himself in that as a black man. And I think that's like something I learned that I didn't know. And I didn't know the phrase anti-racist you know, I did think it was enough to be not racist and I'm glad to be corrected and to now understand that terminology, but that podcast um, and we'll, we'll give a link to it was incredibly informative. He also wrote a book on um, anti-racism that's highly recommended that I'm going to read next. Yeah. And, and just, just to clarify, I mean, I, I think that that is a, a point extremely well taken that we all kind of live with inherent racism. It's not that it's not okay to, to, to not to be say that you're not racist, but yeah. I think the, the conversation has shifted to that. It's not enough to just not be yes. racist because your silence, if you are being silent while, you know, injustice happening around you or, you know, it's basically an abuse of your own white privilege. And I, it's an interesting thing to watch people get really, really, really touchy about all this. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very telling and uh, I, it's really uncomfortable uncomfortable for me to see, which is good. Again, discomfort is, is, is fine in a time like this, but I kind of can't, and this is a thing I've seen shared a little bit, and I actually did, you know, tweeted some dumb thing about it a week ago and then saw that there was like a full uh, Michael Che stand-up routine about it, but it's basically how the word matter and Black Lives Matter, how little that's asking. And I, it really like in the beginning of all this, uh, you know, you know, right after George Floyd was murdered, I, I couldn't get over how little it's asking to it, accept and admit and believe that Black Lives Matter. And, and it, it no. I don't know, I went into like a real thought spiral about how we as people and white people take up so much space in the world and the phraseology, the, the wording behind it is just saying, can you just admit that, that we matter and to not dispose of our lives. And then I, I just saw a passed around. There's, yeah, there's a whole, you know, if you, if you Google Michael Che, Black Lives Matter, you know, I, I'm not the hugest 
fan of you know snl weekend update but this is it was a very uh, you know it's three and a half minutes and it'll it'll make you go oh yeah this is it, it really is asking almost nothing and the fact that people want to come back and say all lives matter i know or blue lives matter and it's like that's not what we're talking about right also, now so also if it's like that's it's like um it's like when you are in a relationship and you tell someone they hurt your feelings. So if I was like, hey, Dave, you hurt my feelings. And then you went back and you said, well, someone hurt my feelings like four years ago. Yeah, you're same, hurt. Well, I'm hurt. Yep. It's like the same argument. It's like, that's not what that's not the topic. Stay on topic. And to me, any resistance to someone hearing like I got in a you know Instagram argument yesterday with a guy who kept saying like all lives matter um like what about you know the Hispanic community what about the Asian community and I'm like yeah okay not what we're talking about and also why is it so hard for people to say black lives matter like why is that hard to admit I, I just doesn't it, it it makes little to no sense to me but i do think it's people who love to get into the semantics of things because it yeah. allows them to to skirt over the gigantic glaring issue you know it's like like uh, it's it really it really really bothers me to use when, when people want to come back at the simplest oh, again that's what pe- that's what people are asking they're saying please validate our existence and they're saying well what about my existence it's like, okay, well, how about for the entire well, history of the entire world, your existence has been validated. That's and, what I, yes. And, yeah, yeah. That's the thing is like, they're like, well, what about us? And you're like, no one has ever told you your life doesn't matter. That's the truth. You yeah. know what I mean? Like no one has ever said to me, my life doesn't matter. I've always known that my life does matter. So it's like, what a, what a bizarre, um, what a totally bizarre point of view to be like, well, what, yeah. about, what about me? How can I make this about me? Like, good news and bad news. This is not about you. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, and I guess my link, which kind of dovetails into, into a couple other recommendations, is kind of uh, sort of all-encompassing with what we've just been talking about. Just, you know, the the to really zoom out, because for me, you know, again, watching 50 videos of police brutality on Twitter yeah. in a row has not unlocked some special part of my brain where I'm now suddenly uh, a, a racism, an anti-racism genius. And, and I've unlocked a, some new intelligence for me. I, it just, it, it upsets me and I just want to know more. And so kind of, uh, I guess, peeling back the layers of, of the onion as much as I can, I have uh, watched a bunch of stuff and, and read some stuff and listened. But the, so right now there's an episode of the New Yorker radio hour from January of this year called mass incarceration then and now and again that will be in the show notes a link to it but it uh it has a couple of different stories about basically exactly what it says mass incarceration and how it relates and to and affects the black community and it features an interview with michelle alexander who is the author of the new jim crow which is a book that came out 10 years ago that has been a bestseller for i believe years at this point it's it's yes it's, and, and and um i just ordered it that, it's, it's on my front doorstep it's I think it is not just essential reading, but the interview is is fantastic. And there's there's another there's a whole kind of human interest piece at the end about a man who was released from prison after 25 years behind bars and just the, the struggle for him to 
get his first job as a free man and get his first cell phone and, and, you know, try to date. It's just, it's extremely, uh, it's not just compelling, but it kind of raises all these questions that, you know, a deeper dive will definitely uh, reward. And so uh, Michelle Alexander, who wrote that book is also interviewed in uh, 13th, the Ava DuVernay documentary about 13th amendment, which is currently on Netflix. So very you good. know, it's very easy for you to watch that right now for free, quote unquote, if you already have Netflix or if you have your sister's ex-boyfriend's landlord's Netflix account, you can <laughs> watch that right now. It's, 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 um, it's extremely comprehensive and, uh, and it also kind of condenses a lot of information and a lot of uh, interviews and a lot of statistics into a, and you know, this is, this is kind of a lot of how new documentaries are, but it, it, tackles a lot in a small amount of time yeah. and so i think it can unlock a bunch of different recommendations like if you if you like what's contained in that and you like michelle alexander's interview by her book and there's just um it's just really kind of it really was eye-opening to me as far as you know why and how police are the way they are now and how the prison system became the way it is and a lot of it is like the 80s the drug war ronald reagan and then it zooms forward and oops guys it's bill clinton oh man <laughs> you know you know like the guy I... that we all goofed at as kids going he's playing the saxophone wearing sunglasses he was at the same time helping to put a lot of people a lot of black people behind bars Dave, bill clinton is like turning up in so many of these documentaries he's also in the jeffrey epstein epstein oh Jesus. Mm -hmm. Bill yeah, Clinton, but, we all thought he was so, what a dope. And then now we're just like, uh, what a maybe not so great human. Well, on, honestly, Stevie, like the, I think Bill Clinton is a really, really excellent example. If we're talking about trying to understand exactly what is happening in America and how it's happening and how we missed it. And we missed it because news media like white owned and controlled news media was like hey let's this guy is the law is a, a law and order democrat and he really cares about uh keeping our streets safe which led to hiring a hundred thousand extra police officers which then led to hiring fifty thousand more on top of that which then led to mass incarceration at, and also and a lot of people being put to death like he was really pro death penalty and this was a democrat and the thing yeah. is like what we saw was a compassionate guy. Like we, Phil Hardman played him on SNL and he, he just kept going, I feel your pain. And he was jogging into a McDonald's and eating chicken nuggets. And we thought that was hilarious. And he was on Arsenio Hall playing the saxophone. And it's like, that's what I knew about my president when I was, you know, nine, 10 years old, because that's yeah. how old I was when he was in office. And I did not investigate further, but also I was a little kid and it's like, you can zoom out even further and go, well, th I'm at, think about how th the story of Thanksgiving was taught in school. We, we wore paper uh, Indian headdresses and pilgrim hats and yeah. they all sat down and had a nice dinner together. And it's, you know, I, I feel like my hope is that a lot of this stuff starts to feel less radical and less like, Oh, listen to you, like stoking the fire. It's like, no, mm -hmm. this is stuff that we should really be talking about all the time now. And I yeah. hope it doesn't stop. Yeah, let's keep the conversation going. Hey guys, Stevie here. 
just wanted to say, hey, why don't you contact us? You can email us at iburneverythingpod at gmail.com or you can even call our hotline and leave a message 213-458-5236. It's 213-458-5236 and we may even talk about your message or email on a future episode. So get to it. My my next resource, uh, I'm not going to talk too much about it. I just want to tell you guys about it. Um, it's an organization called uh, To Write Love on Her Arms, which is, I think I heard them uh, pronounce it Twola. Twola? Um, it's a nonprofit movement dedicated to presenting hope and finding help for people struggling with depression, addiction, self-injury, and suicide. But they have on their website right now a blog post and on their main website, if you look at it, um, resources created by and for black people, which in my opinion is pretty incredible. Um, they talk about mental health on there. They give um, links to you to anyone suffering from like backlash right now in terms of mental health. And I just thought that was like a really nice resource um, in case anybody needs it who's listening. Um, go ahead and check that out. We'll put that link in there too. You also have a food rec for us, right? Yeah. So I have some food resources. Um, I, I have some lists of food resources, uh, black owned restaurants, a list guide, uh, LA, LA Eater wrote one. And, um, and also the LA times did like this very extensive one. Um, and in, in mine and Dave's neighborhood, there's like, there's a black owned, um, coffee shop that he and I have never been to, um, Obet and Dell's coffee. And it's right by both of us, but we'll make a point to go to it, um, in the next week and we'll report back. But I think that's a really, why that matters is I think supporting black owned businesses and I'm is a very, very small way to support our black community. And on my Instagram also, I'm going to do a stories, um, and I'll, I'll save it of, um, black owned businesses, uh, that you can buy purchase from online. And I think it's just a really nice way to support, um, you know, our, our black community and black people in America. Like you can buy from anywhere, anywhere in America. So those are my resources when it comes to food. Oh, and then there's also, um, I also have a link to, uh, for vegan black owned restaurants, um, and, and black owned restaurants that are redefining vegan food. So that's also a link for people who, um, are vegetarian or vegan, or maybe just like plant-based and eat meat here and there, but uh, we'll have all of those links too. That's great. And that's, um, again, yeah, these will all be in the show notes and it's, and it's, it's just, it, it's funny you say like, it's, it's such a small way to help. And it, it's, it's, it actually is huge because the more businesses like this thrive, the more additional businesses like this can open. And yes, it's just such a, it's just, I, I I don't know the the I don't know the the guilt is strong <laughs> obviously and I think that that's uh you know that's a natural reaction but it's like just mm -hmm. pushing through the the feelings of discomfort and being like oh have I, just, I, I have I just not been supportive and have I not used because I think to a lot of people you don't understand your own privilege 
and it's and if it and it might not even feel like you have it but if you wield it like a power it's a power and i would i would love to i would love to just be able to be supportive beyond my you know donations and my and my yeah. words yeah. Me too. Yeah. It's it be supportive through your actions. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I, yesterday I set up a um, recurring donation of just $5 a month to the ACLU. And I used to donate to them. And then I stopped at some point because I think funds got tight, but I was like, that's the price of one, um, almost one coffee in LA, right? That's the price <laughs> of almost one latte in LA. And and that's and that's once a month and it's $5. It's very manageable. All I have to do is not go to an expensive coffee shop and I'm able to donate some of my money to a, a better cause than, you know, a white owned coffee shop. Also another two, I also looked up two other resources that might be very helpful in case you're like, this is too many links. There are two apps that help you find black owned businesses. And one is Eat Black Owned and one is Eat Okra. And both of those apps will help you find um, black owned businesses, I think, honestly, wherever you go, which is such a helpful thing. So if you're traveling like today, I'm in Portland, I can use one of those apps and search um, for a place um, that's black owned to eat at tonight. That's excellent. I hope uh, I hope everybody downloads that because it seems uh, pretty comprehensive. Yeah, I have in this. You know, this might be a no brainer link or recommendation, but this past week's uh, episode of last week last week tonight with John Oliver is free on YouTube, mm-hmm. and as is I believe all of his episodes, but this one is free and it's up and it's uncensored. It's a half an hour and it's all about the police. What's happening with the police right now? how they got you know how how this started essentially uh and by this i mean you know police brutality and the the absolute power wielded by a lot of police departments and it just it it helps to um it just again helps to paint that bigger bigger picture and i just i i don't want to beat myself up too much but you know i've had a run-in or two with the police and you know, when I was much younger and they, 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 I, I am fine, obviously, you know, yeah. and I just, I, I am very grateful, but also I think about how, if what had happened to me had happened to a black 17 year old, yeah, or if I was that black 17 year old, I would either be, you know, locked up have a a felony possibly on my record or be in jail and again it was not it was not a very big thing that happened it was it was just a suburban thing but again it's like questioning your own place in all of this is i think what the big yeah the big question we're posing to ourselves and we've benefited here's the thing i've had i've also had two as maybe in my young early 20s, I've had two run-ins with the police where it ended very favorably for me and one time in laughter by both me and the police. And I believe in all honesty, if I was black, it would have ended in me being murdered. Like that's the truth. And like, I didn't realize that that privilege, like acknowledging that that privilege that you and I and a lot, if not all white people have benefited from the privilege of being white is like a very good start to, to doing the inner work and to getting right 
and acknowledging the racism that exists in us. But like, man, white privilege is incredibly real. And I feel like in some ways, like I experience it on multiple levels because look, I'm, I'm a Jewish woman, but I, I have light hair and I have light eyes and I'm very fair. And so I look, you know, and my dad's Swedish, so I look Swedish. And so it's like, I don't, you know, like I am the whitest white you can be. Do you know what I mean? Like it is, I know I would, mean. I would be spared in the Holocaust. Like I have a lot of privilege. Oh, not me. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, no, you no, wouldn't. No. no, but it's like, you know, I have a lot of privilege and, acknowledging that and just being able to see that in the past week and two weeks, I have a lot of work to do on the acknowledgement and understanding of my own privilege, but it's very real. Um, I do, I do have uh, a recommendation, just like something you and I had talked about before about burnout. Like we know there's a lot of resources out there and we also know that like, we're probably all being inundated with a lot of new information. And it's like, it's kind of like learning a whole new language in a very short period of time. It's like, uh, you know, a quick course, essentially. Um, my friend who's a black poet and a whole list of other wonderful things. He's like a rapper and artist. Like he does literally everything. He, just had his first TED talk, like a dream of his came true. Um, his name's Joel Leon and he did like a post recently and I thought it was so beautiful because he comes from a place of compassion, not criticism. And, um, this was his checklist that he wrote. Are you eating? Are you drinking water? Are you stretching? Did you take, or he wrote, took a break from the news, talked to a loved one, loved on yourself today, learned something new shared a resource, doing things that bring you joy. And in his explanation of it, he says, the revolution requires self-care, loving ourselves as part of the protest. And- Oh, I like that a lot. I really like that. I think it's really important to note, like you don't have to beat yourself up. You don't have to, um, you don't have to learn this all in one day. It's just a commitment. It's kind of like, honestly, it's kind of like a relationship. It's a commitment to growing each day and choosing to wake up each day and choose someone. But in this case, you're choosing to learn more and to do more and to be active, um, you know, in being anti-racist. Yeah. I, well, that whole list is very, uh, and it's a bummer because people don't apply, I think any of these things, or some people don't apply any of these things to their day-to-day life, regardless yeah. of, of what's happening right now. And for me, you know, just a few short months ago, or just, I guess, a few short weeks ago, it wasn't at the top of every person's mind that, you know, what you, who you are, basically, before the desire to consistently and forever keep my privilege in check was a lot of this pandemic is really weird. Staying at home all the time is really weird. Oh, things are starting to reopen. It seems a little early. That feels mm-hmm. really weird. And all of the stuff on this list, eating, drinking water, stretching, taking a break from the news, it's really hard to um, – sometimes it's hard to do all these things. Sometimes I can go a whole day without – Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I know. With, without without uh, without taking care of myself because I'm so – Wrapped inundated up? Inundated with news and wrapped up in what's going on. And that, I, I will admit – since all of since since we have been, since we have shifted into a new phase of yeah you know pandemic. sheltering in place which is yep. sheltering half of the time in place and also uh trying to dismantle the system that has provided us with comfort uh mm-hmm. and ignorance 
and uh, and has has brought so much uh, pain and suffering to the black community. It's um, it's really easy to get caught up to the point where you're not taking care of yourself and then nobody benefits. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, is like when this all first happened, you know, within, so like the day before, I think the first protest, you know, my, my puppy died. Right. And yeah, I was so struck with grief for about seven days plus that it was really hard for me to even function and do one of the things on the list. Right. And my Joelle, who I referred to earlier was like, Hey, it's enough for you to take care of yourself right now. And like having him say that because he also knows I'm an ally and that I will be active and I will get there, you know, having him give me the permission to grieve and to like be gentle on myself was sort of exactly what I needed, despite the fact that, you know, under normal circumstances, I would be, I would probably be able to give that to myself. But right now it just seems, you know, having a personal um, loss during the time of mass grievance is really hard to wrap your head around. You know, it feels selfish. It feels petty. It feels little in comparison. But the truth is I would have not been of service to anyone had, those seven days that I chose to like just grieve, had I tried to help, it would have probably been hurtful to everyone, including myself. Yeah, Yeah, of course. I mean, and you know, we did not talk about if we were going to mention that, but again, I, I, I really, it, it just, it compounds everything. And it's, and the fact that you even considered for a second that it wasn't okay for you to feel individual personal grief when something so sad had happened is is really i mean it it, i don't like hearing that but i also totally understand because it feels like everything that's happening is so much bigger than you but you are your whole world and we can only make room for everything else if if what is happening with ourselves individually is is at least partially in check yes I'm, I, I mean, I feel like you have, in spite of everything, been able to not bounce back. I mean, I know everything is still so sad and, and I'm so sorry for your loss. And she, you know, she's a beautiful, wonderful dog. She's, um, you know, I see her every time I go on Twitter because she's in my, my, she's in my picture, you know? Yeah. She's, she's, she was a beautiful, wonderful girl and you gave her an amazing year of her life. She was found under and we say it every time under a pile of rocks in china (laughs) and you brought her into a world of tiny dogs and uh whimsy and she was she i watched her get happy i watched her get less shy she used to hide under everything when i came over and that that didn't happen anymore yeah it's yeah it's it's a beautiful thing that you did for her and and i'm so sorry that you lost her but again i'm i'm glad you're able to feel your feelings because you know, yeah, you wouldn't be able to, to do anything else if you couldn't do that. Yeah. Oh, that made me cry. Yeah. Oh, but... It's, um, well, it's, I feel like it's pretty incredible. Like, I think if there is a takeaway, it's like pretty incredible what loving something consistently can do and what doing anything consistently can do, you know, like, man, I was really glad I was able to give her that life, but also like, what a cool less, what a cool spiritual lesson. And like, 
if I also commit to being anti-racist every day and I'm consistent with little actions over time, like what could that do for the world? Like you can apply that to any of this right now. Like if you're consistent in your relationship every day, little actions to make someone feel loved, what could that do for another person? If you're consistent with your food every day, what could that do for your body and your health? Like it honestly works. It was such a good lesson for me. Um, I'm so sad she's gone, but I'm so grateful like for the perspective. And um, I'm also so grateful that if she was only going to live one year that it got to be with me, you know? I know what, what an unbelievable, and, and also that's a, and it really is an unbelievable takeaway from all of this to be able to mine that piece of wisdom. I honestly really will be thinking about that for a long time because, you know, you've been a dog owner or dog, you've, you've taken care of animals for the better part of your life. And as a kid too, and I've never had a pet and this is, you know, it, this sounds off topic from what we've been talking about, but it, I really feel like I will take this to heart that you just have to commit to it. Mm -hmm. I, I always have said, Oh, I can't be a, I can't have a dog right now. I would want to just give it the best possible life. And I can't do that because my financial situation or because my, my work schedule or whatever. And I think that, to that, I would say, just like everything else, it really is a process and it really just takes you telling yourself that this is something you're going to do. And yeah. so to any listener who is saying, okay, I'm going to make a donation to an organization or I'm going to read an article or I'm going to watch a documentary. And then because I can, I'm probably not going to think about this stuff too much more because my life hasn't changed that much. I would say to you, it's the small steps that make the biggest difference. So if you can find it in your heart to just every day do one thing, whether that's reading something, demonstrating, you know, watching something, reposting do, something, reposting, write, writing, buying, writing, buying from a sorry, black owned store. Yep. Writing to a congressman, writing to a city councilman. Uh, it, it, I just, I don't know this, this, not only does it feel bigger than, than me and you and, and bigger than all of us, but it feels, I think sometimes that feeling can feel overwhelming and crushing. And that's, that's coming from someone who feels that way about a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm an anxious guy, not that, uh, that's, <laughs> should, not, not that that should surprise anyone who has listened to our show for more than three seconds, but, um, <laughs> but that's, that's me. And I, and I, my nightmare is to be part of the problem, but I think that, you know, avoiding action is going to make you part of the problem. And so yeah, me too. devoting yourself to small actions or big actions that you can implement every day, much like caring for another living thing, much like nurturing a relationship, much like nurturing yourself with food. See, I did yes. it one time. I did it once. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But, but, uh, now it is officially a food and relationship podcast. Yep. Um, but but I think doing all of that in in small incremental ways, building up to something, is only going to make the problem feel less insurmountable to everyone. And it's not just a personal thing; it's a community thing. It's a worldwide thing. It's a nationwide thing. But I, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm grateful to have even a small mouthpiece with which to be like, Hey, if you devote 90 minutes to watching this thing, you might learn something. If you read this, you might 
you know, absorb some information you didn't know before that you thought you might know. Yeah. And if you donate to this, this link at the bottom of the page, you know, you're actually going to be helping a lot of people. So uh, I, that feels like a good place to, to cap it for now. What do you think? It sounds honestly feels great. Uh, I, I'm so, uh, I'm so grateful to, to have not just the show, but to have you as a friend. I feel like you just now made, uh, being potentially wrong feel okay. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like if somebody listens to our show and finds something I said that was wrong and emails me, I don't think that I would, uh, I don't think that it would make me feel uh terrible i think i think it's it's okay no it's to good. be approaching this yeah to be approaching this with with trepidation but also with the knowledge that it's better to be misguided with your heart in the right place than to just be silent because yeah it's yeah. okay it's it's kind of like everything i think if we get used to the idea of it being okay to mess up in this realm, like it will bleed into the others. It's okay to mess up with all of it. Like the less afraid we are of failure, the more I think will make a difference in terms of like, I think like hesitant, being hesitant has never helped anyone. It just hasn't. No, sitting on your hands only makes them fall asleep. And then, (laughs) (laughs) well, I was about to, uh, you know, never mind. I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to, I'm going to end it there uh at the risk of making a bad joke at the end of a nice episode so uh listeners you know when you download this on apple podcasts or 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 anywhere the description should have all the information we talked about (laughs) laid out plain and simple i will make sure that it's that it's easy to understand or or as easy to understand as possible right now and uh you can still Email us at ibrandeverythingpod at gmail.com. If you have some resources that we missed that you'd like us to share with our audience, uh, you can call us at 213-458-5236 uh, with, with literally anything. You can rate and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. But honestly, right now, that doesn't feel too <laughs> important yeah. right now. Do what you want. <laughs> uh, but if, yeah, yeah, do what you want. Do what you need to do. Take care of yourselves. And Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Bye, guys. Bye. to this new hilarious real play podcast starring a real life six-year-old you see a giant red dragon and just a belch of flyer just as it flies straight towards you and i just walk past it <laughs> check out the D adventures of coke the kinder giant on campfire media campfire